0: I'm your host, certified health coach, motivational speaker, sober since July of 2016, American Ninja Warrior competitor, two-time world record holder, and ultra-marathoner, Matt Scaletti. Here we go! Welcome back to the Living the
1: Dream podcast. I am Matt Scaletti. I have with me Nate Ray, and I'm so excited. Wait to hear how we met. I can't wait to tell you. He is the prevention coordinator at the Rhone County Anti-Drug Coalition. He's a pastor at the Lake View Baptist Church. He is also the chairman of the Rhone County Health Council. He is a new farmer, and according to Nate, his most important job, and I would agree, is being a husband and a father. Welcome, from Tennessee, Nate in the house.
2: Matt Scaletti, how are you buddy?
1: I'm amazing and I'm so excited. I can't even wait any longer. I got to start out by telling the story of, for those of you that are watching on YouTube on a video, I'm wearing this shirt that <laughs> Nate provided me and, and it says, for those listening, <laughs> it says more Scaletti, less spaghetti. and. Uh, you can chime in, Nate, but this guy has just become a great friend of mine. A year ago, I yeah. came down to Tennessee and spoke to like 37 schools in one day, and Nate just kept yeah. me wearing <laughs> me down, speaking. But he showed up. Well, you tell the story. It's amazing. I didn't know this
2: shirt was So, so this is a story that, like, Gary Vee would be very proud of because it all happened through social media. So – we were uh we were posting a lot on our instagram uh, you know what the kids were doing and what we were doing with the kids and um at the Rome Canada drug coalition and um and you reached out one day uh through um through ig messenger and you were like hey um i love what you're doing uh we should talk uh, like the direction that your organization is going um here's my number and i mean so I was like, who is this guy? Like, I want to know more about who this guy is. And so I I start doing some research and I I go out and I don't know if you met Gina while you were here. I know you met Ashley, but I I (laughs) went out and I went out into the office and I said, I said, guys, this guy just like sent us an Instagram message. He was an American Ninja warrior and they're like, "What? let me, let me look him up. So they look you up and they're like, Oh gosh, yeah, like we should get them, like we should get them to talk. And, I, and I'll tell you, we had just been through like five other people who had been like, yeah, I'll come speak to your kids and to your schools. And then when we got done and down to the brass tacks, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, it'll be like $25,000. Plus, you have to pay for my travel, even though I live like nine miles away. And we were like, what? <laughs> no, you know. And so we were, we were always consistently looking for someone to, to come and speak at assemblies. And when you said, "Hey, if you'll just pay my travel, I'd, I'd be happy to come," it was like, "Yeah, I mean, that's that that was one of the most humble um, and best offers we had received from anybody." Um, we, I mean, there was a lady. Honestly, there's a lady that lived maybe 15 miles down the road, and she wanted 10 grand plus travel, and and we were like, "Come on, like I, I I'm not a I'm not a certified public speaker, but I'll do it for like." $4 and a hamburger. I mean, you know, you know
1: what? I'm so, still waiting on, I'm still waiting on my check. Is that still coming or what's the yeah. uh,
2: <laughs> Matt? I've, I've told you a thousand times it's in the mail. I don't, I'm not the post office. You uh, know
1: what? I had yeah. no, when I sent you an Instagram message, I, I mean, I had no idea where that was going. It just seemed like you had yeah. a really cool thing going and I yeah. did not expect to be on a plane flying down there like six months later, but that was, yeah. I will still say this to anybody, that was one of the greatest full days of my entire life. It, it was just, oh, man. I mean, I, I hope the kids were inspired, but it was inspiring to me to be there. So, but we're not talking about me. We're talking about you. So let's, I'm yeah. this thing around. I appreciate yeah. it. You showed yes, me around the whole day and it was a blast.
2: Kids, are, kids were completely inspired. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this short little story. So we do a club in the schools. Um, it's called um, Positive Peer Pressure Club. And it's about making good choices and being encouraging and anti-bullying and learning, um, learning how to say no. Not just to say no, but how to say no. Um, and so we go and do the P3 Club um, at Midway Elementary School, which is like six to seven months after you, after, you, um, after you came to speak. And one of the kids walks in and he goes, I remember you guys you brought the American Ninja Warrior guy here. And I said, yeah. I said, tell me one thing um, that he said. Uh, and he said, he said, never give up. That was one of, the, one of the things that he that he said. And I was like, dude, you are 100% right. And, and I hope you're living by that. Um, and he was like, heck yeah. I mean, you really did uh, make a difference while you were here. And so, and I'll tell you, that's what the coalition is about, Matt. It's, it's about impacting the lives of these kids um, Because we're a small rural community, but we're facing the same type of stuff that the rest of the nation is facing opioid crisis, methamphetamine crisis, um, single parent homes, um, absent fathers, you know, and um, kids living with grandparents, we're facing all of that stuff. But when you have bigger cities, there's more programs, there's more things for kids to be a part of, there's more nonprofits. To say, well, okay, I'll go to the Boys and Girls Club at 3, and then I'll go over to the the work program at, at 5, and then – but here, it's it's just – there's only a handful of things going on. And so, um, for us to bring those into the schools and say, we're going to inspire you, we're going to teach you, we're going to care for you, we're going to love you, we're going to do whatever we can do to help you and make sure that you don't fall down the same path that everybody else is falling down in this county, then that's what we're going to do. So.
1: I love it, and you set it up perfectly. I want to. We want to get into the the anti drug coalition. T- tell us, because clearly you're a part of that now, and you've been a part of it for how long? Has it been?
2: Uh, it'll be three years in August next okay. month. It'll be three years. Yeah. So
1: w- what's the story? How does Nate get to be a part of the that organization? What's the What's the background?
2: Man, I'm so I'm going to back all the way up. Uh, To high school right so I didn't fit in in high school and I desperately wanted to fit in um, to whatever it didn't matter and and so I played sports and I tried to fit in there but I really didn't fit in with the guys you know with with their attitudes and their likes and dislikes and um, and so I would hang out with what would be considered the nerds you know and I didn't fit in with the nerds and then I'd hang out with um, the, the, uh, dirt bikers, you know, and I didn't fit in with them. And, and even with like the stoners, you know, hang out with the stoners and didn't fit in with them. And, and I desperately wanted to fit in so badly. And so as I go through high school, I don't fit in anywhere. And I'm just this kid that, um, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel like I'm, um, um, compatible with, with anybody. And, uh, and, and man, man, I was, I was so mad and so angry about all of that. Um like I uh, just one day like I'd come to school and be like, what are you looking You know, what are you looking at? And mm-hmm. I'd I'd, you know, try to try to be that guy too. And and I didn't fit in with that either. And so um, so my senior year of high school, I'm I'm working at this gas station and and my principal walks in and and he's uh and I'll get through this story because I don't want to make him sound like a bad guy because what I'm about to say is gonna make him sound like a bad guy. But he walks in and he says, um, he goes, This is the last place you're ever going to work. This is where you'll be. I was working at a gas station. This is where. This is the rest of your life. Basically, that's what he's saying. This is where you're going to. Because of the way that you've behaved in school, that was all that he could see for me. And I walked out. I walked out of that job that day, and said, "No way, no way." And so I went and and found another job. I was delivering furniture, and um, and so I, I I refused to, um, I refused to, to say, okay, you're, you're right. So my, my entire life became about proving him wrong, mm-hmm. right? So I would work and work and work and work and, and get a promotion and I'd work and work and work and get a promotion. So I, I end up in, in Tennessee, um, working for, uh, an airlines and I worked there for five years and I decided I'm going to start my business. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a marketing plan, I didn't have anything. And I left my job and took all of my savings and threw it into this business. And it failed. It, I mean, it just, it tanked. And so what was the business? I, <laughs> it was, um, it was putting, uh, at the time there was this big housing boom, right? So it was um, putting together the big play sets, the big ships and, and okay. the different playhouses for people. And, and we got a couple of jobs, but we didn't have any type of advertising. We didn't, have, um, we didn't have any type of networking. We were just going by the seat of our pants, and it failed miserably. Uh, and so we ended up packing everything up. I took a job in Arizona. We packed everything up, and we went out to Arizona uh, and worked there. And then the market crashed. Um, that was back in, like, 2008, eight, two thousand. Um, and then in 2009, we moved back to Tennessee, no job. Um, we just came back here and lived with my wife's dad in his like garage slash basement. Um, you know, and we've got four kids and we're poor, uh, you know, we've got no money. And so I start working again in in retail. And, um, and so, uh, I, I get a job as a assistant manager at a retail store. And then within like six months, they say, You're going to take your own store, you're going to Knoxville. So I go to Knoxville, bring the whole family to Knoxville. We're still poor. Um, the job just pays more. And where we were living was a little bit more cost friendly um, mm-hmm. than, than the bigger cities. So, and that's right here in Roan County. So we, uh, I take this job and, and we're living in this apartment. and um, And this lady comes in and she's like, You know, I want to recruit you for Sears. I think you'd be great at Sears. And so I'm like, yeah, oh, great. That's a, that's a big name brand. Um, and so I go to Sears and a year at Sears, they're like, Hey, we're closing on like <clears throat> all the stores are closed. Um, yeah. And I'm like, Oh no, like what are we going to do? So I take a sales management job. And so all these things are happening. So, but at Sears, here's where I want to get at Sears. Um, I have a manager who tells me, you've got a great speaking voice. That's all he said. Um, I I had to hold a meeting one day and he's like, you've got a, you've got a great speaking voice. That was the first time that anybody had ever ever told me that I had a natural talent. That was the first time, every other talent that I thought I had, I had to work really hard for, (laughs) you know? And so, um, so that was the first time that anybody ever told me I had a natural talent. And so it started to get in my head. Maybe I should be doing that more. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when I went to go uh, work as a sales manager I, um, the company put me into this networking group and this networking group was you get, every day, you give up, give a one minute elevator speech. And then, and then, uh, every now and then you'll be picked to give a, a 30 minute speech about your, your product. And so when it was my time for 30 minutes, we did this, um, we did this product demo, um, for the, for the whole networking group, 40, 50 people, we sold 40 or 50 units that day. Um, and so, so I kept thinking, maybe I should be, maybe I should be speaking. Maybe I, and, and then I, you know, I started thinking about, well, what's my story? Like, what, how do I communicate that? And so, um, so we were at, at this church and, um, and and a friend of mine said, Hey, can you, can you do youth group tonight? And I was like, sure, I'll do youth group. And so I didn't know what I was doing. So I just got up and, and I, I just told my story, uh, to the kids and, and, and then when I was done. I mean, they stayed after for 45 minutes to an hour to, to talk and say, can you follow up on this? Can you follow up on that? So through different interactions in life, um, I ended up meeting a, a, a really wonderful lady. And, and she said, I, there's, a, there's a job opening, and it's at the Roan County Innocent drug Coalition. And this is what you do. You work with kids, you go into schools, and you speak. And I was like, that's the job. That's the job that I'm supposed to have. So going back to, to my high school principal, my entire life goal was to prove him wrong. Right. What I learned, um, about five years ago was that I've spent my entire life trying to prove myself wrong because I did believe what he said. I did take it, um, seriously. And so I've, I spent my entire life trying to prove myself wrong because I didn't believe in myself. And that flipped, that flipped for me. It wasn't about proving anybody wrong anymore. It was just about inspiring the next generation so that they don't have to live like that so that they don't have to feel like they, they have to prove anybody wrong. So that, that is kind of how we we get to the coalition. I mean, that's in the, what a
1: powerful story though. I didn't know all, I didn't know all that story. That's, I mean, I, I'm getting like so many nuggets out of this story, which one of them I can't help but think is be careful what you say to people. I mean, it, it could be a great thing or a bad thing. So, I mean, I know what you guys are doing. It's a clearly a positive message. And you know, one of those kids hear one sentence or one story at the right time. Boom. I mean, that could change. You never know. That could change. Everything.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a- it,
1: Power of the spoken word is huge.
2: The the tongue is, I mean, it can be great or it can be evil, and and even sometimes when it's used for negative, it it can be turned into something great as well. So that's true. um, You know, if you if you tell the wrong person, I don't believe in you, and they believe in themselves more than anything, you're going to be wrong. Even though you said that negative thing, you're going to be wrong because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say. Yeah, doesn't matter. if I believe in me and you don't, that's fine. Yeah. It's no skin off my back. You know? I, I was so, wondering,
1: as you're telling the story, and I think that's a great point, I, I was wondering, is there any chance the principal said that to you to light a fire under you and just, you know, you know how like some coaches use that to, to get the people inspired? And I didn't know if he was, you know, maybe he wasn't, but <laughs> I didn't know how you were taking it.
2: The, the reverse psychology. And I, I, yeah. I said this, um, I said this in a, um, to, a, a group of kids. When I, when I told them the story, um, I said, if, if he's not alive today, I said, but if he was alive today, I would shake his hand and I would say, thank you. And, and it, however he meant it, it doesn't matter now, right. but now I'm thankful that he, that he said that I'm very thankful. And I would shake his hand and, and say, thank you. It and, made all and- the difference in my life.
1: It's yeah. It sounds like it did. Okay, so you yeah. a perfect background into what you're doing now. Tell us yeah. a little bit about what you do now and what the anti drug coalition does because it's inspiring. It's just awesome.
2: Yeah. So we are um, our organization was started um, back in 2002 2003 um, by a group of parents that had lost their kids to overdose, um, and so. What the coalition did was it it brought the community together. It brought different community organizations together, government, um, community leaders, um, just regular people in the community wanting to make a difference. Uh, and they all came together with a purpose to reduce um, the uh, the overdoses in in our county, um, to keep youth from uh, from trying, experimenting, uh, abusing any type of substance, whether it was. Uh, illicit drugs, alcohol, or tobacco, um, and to um, and to really engage the community um, as a as an organization, and and say this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it, and this is how we're doing it. So one of the ways that um, bef- before me uh, they came up with was we're going to go into the schools and we're going to start this positive um, positive peer pressure club,
1: hmm.
2: and so they 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 did that and. Uh, they had middle schools, um, and some high schools is uh, is what i 've been told and so uh, every middle school had a had a positive peer pressure club, and I think one or two high schools did as well so we we came in when I came in three years ago um, i I looked at the middle schools and and I went to every um, every counselor at the middle school and i said what 's good about P3 Club? What do you not like about P3 Club? What can we do better with P3 Club? Um, And so I I took all that information from all of those counselors and came back and and made a plan. And so we made the plan. We were going to um, not only do P3 Club, but we were going to implement assemblies. um, And we were going to be available for students um, at the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, and that was, that was really the, that was really the the, the main plan that's blown up since then. Um, it's, it's kind of, kind of crazy what we're doing now, but um, so we, we did that first by, okay, we're going to be at the middle schools and then we're going to take this model. We're going to adjust it a little bit and we're going to open it up to high schools and elementary schools. And so right now we have five middle schools. Um, we have two elementary schools. Uh, and we have one high school um, that is, uh, that's doing P3 club. Um, so do you want me to tell you a story about Rockwood high school? Sure. Can I tell you that story really yes. quick? Okay. So, so Rockwood high school, we had, a, we've got a really great relationship with Rockwood middle and uh, Rockwood high school. Um, we went and said, can we do a P3 club here at the school? We, we asked the principal and he's like, yeah, sure. But, here's the thing. You've got lunch period, you know, you've got lunch period and, um, and that's how you're going to have to do it. So we'll try to get students to get their lunch and then they can bring their lunch to the library, which is right across the hall. And then you can have P3 club there. So we do that for about three months and it's just not working. It's just, and we're losing students and losing interest and losing, I mean, it's, and you're kind of like losing hope in this. You're like, what are we, how do we get around this? How do we, how do we, you know, make this successful? And so we, um, so we decide that we're going to do this differently. We're not going to have the cafeteria come to us. We're going to go to the cafeteria. So what we do is we take this table and we make all these quiz cards and we get people in the community to donate gift cards. And so we take these quiz cards in and we're like, if you get five questions, right, you win this. If you get three questions, right, you get this. If you get one question right, you get this. And if you don't get any questions right, at least you got the play. We're going to give you a high five and you can come Mm -hmm. back next time and try again. So kids were, I've never seen kids eat this fast. I mean, the first time, the first time we, we, um, we did it, we had one Sonic gift card winner. That was our, like our big prize was the Sonic gift cards. And so he won and he was like, Hey, y'all, I'm going to Sonic after school. And they're like, how'd you know, how'd you win? And, and so then all of a sudden, all these students started coming to our table, and the kids that we had no interaction with that never wanted to come to P3 Club in the first place, all of a sudden, were like, hey, what's this table about? What do you guys got going on? So we learn as we go, and we adjust as we need to. Um, but when we're faced with a challenge, we don't look at it as, well, there's the wall, and there's no way around it, under it, over it, or through it, we look at it as it can only be so high.
1: You know, I, I, that I, wall
2: can only be so high.
1: I got to stop you for a second because I love this. And I think as you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, what are some of the nuggets here? And one of them is clearly the questions that you asked yourself. I mean, you could have easily asked yourself in your group, why is this not working? That's not going to help you get the answer. But you, you said no. it. that you, you asked, what do we need to do to make this successful? And when you ask those yeah. empowering questions, it's so obvious that it worked. I mean, you you probably had a bunch of ideas, but that that one is working great.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that was that was mainly um, that was mainly Ashley's idea. Ashley came and said, "What if we did this?" And I was like, "That's beautiful. I think that's going to work great." And so we went and and did it. And that's what I, I wish Ashley could have joined me. Maybe we we can do me and Ashley one day, but um, but me and Ashley, we work so well together um, that I can go to her and say, I think this is going to work. And so let's try it. And it's not a, well, I don't think so. I don't, there's no discouragement. It's let's give it a shot. Let's see if it does. And if it don't, let's get back to the drawing table and and make something work. So that's what I love about our, our work partnership.
1: I mean, it's so, it was obvious to me, how well you all get along there, especially Ashley, who, by the way, sidebar, scared the crap out of me (laughs) while I was walking out of the bathroom. This is a thing that they have down there. If you ever visit Roan County, make sure you don't get scared because they scare each other when you're not expecting it. And it's a beautiful (laughs) thing. I mean, I I still laugh about that day because you got me good.
2: It keeps us on our toes for sure. (laughs) It does.
1: In all honesty, I'm thinking clearly – it's a serious job that you have. I mean, you're you're trying to help kids out. Maybe they're already on the wrong path. Maybe they're not, but you you want to make sure they don't go on the wrong path. But how important is, in light of what we're talking about, how important is humor to the workplace, especially if it's a serious topic? I mean, does that humor help?
2: Yeah. Um, You know, prevention, what we, we work prevention. We don't work, recovery. We don't work any of that. We work prevention. We have resources to recovery. We can help you find help, but we are, we are, our main focus is prevention. Now, when you do prevention, um, you hear, you hear a lot of stories from kids um, that are struggling. You know, uh, we went to, we went to a middle school during Christmas and said, let's make Christmas cards for the inmates. One student said, oh good, I can write my dad. You know, oh, and so, so you think, gosh, you know, man, that's, you don't think about that when you, when you speak, uh, the other day, you know, we, we're doing the summer food program for students, uh, this year, which is, um, they come to our, our at an apartment complex and they pick up food, uh, for the week and the weekend. And, um, and so one little girl was there, she's maybe four years old. She's by herself. And we said, you know, can your mom and dad come help? And, and she said, I don't have a mom and a dad, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, so humor is, is so important because it, it keeps us fresh. Um, it, it keeps us, um, our, our spirits up. Um, and it, it really, uh, it really drives us to when we're in a bad mood or having a bad day, it really drives us to be like, you know what? we we might be having a bad day but let's let's go ahead and look around us let's let's look and see what what we have and what we're thankful for uh let's you know let's tell some jokes and and let's move on because these kids are struggling and the last thing you want to do is for a kid to come up to you and go why do you look so sad or why do you why do you look so mad or you know, so you want to be in good spirits and that humor really, really helps.
1: I'm sure it does. I think that's a perfect way to explain it. And, and so now you're bringing up some of the kids. I have to ask, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but is there is there a story you can remember of a kid that you helped out and you had a positive impact on?
2: I'll, I'll tell you a story of an indirect positive impact, yeah. but it's it's so uh through the through the coalition we set up these um, assemblies and uh we had a a guy from Knoxville come and speak about his life growing up and um uh, had an alcoholic dad and um and so he he got into alcohol and uh, and some other drugs and and so he just told a story um to his uh to the assembly and and where we're at is it's more one of the more heavily meth populated areas and um, and so before the before the uh, assembly started, you know, we were talking, uh, and he said, "I've I've never really done this before, so I, I hope it makes a difference." And I said, "If it's just one kid, it's going to make a difference." So we do the assembly, and we know pretty much all the kids there. We're just having a good time with them, and uh, and then we bring him out, and he tells a story. And afterwards, they start sending all the kids back to class. One stays behind. He's a sixth grader. And, uh, and he, he comes up to the guy that spoke and, and said, I have a, a meth addiction and I need help. Can you get me help? And he said, absolutely. Absolutely. We can get you help. And so through that, that student is thriving today, wow. uh, doing fantastic. I, I think uh, he'll be a freshman this year uh, in high school and Um, and even though he missed some school, uh, to go through recovery, he was able to keep up with schoolwork and continue on the path that, that he's on. And so, um, so just through that, um, just through that assembly, you know, and, and our whole goal was one, if it helps one, Mm -hmm. then, um, then we've made a difference.
1: Oh, that's so that's,
2: yeah, yeah. that's
1: the best story ever. And I can't. I can't help but think, I mean, you know this, I was basically an alcoholic for 10 years yeah. and, and I kept telling myself, I'm alone. Like I'm alone in this, which I didn't realize I should have just said something like this kid did and you get help. Like there are people like you, people like just amazing people in the world that want to help people yeah. like me or this child. And I didn't have the guts to say it. So yeah. I think kudos to him for reaching out and kudos to you guys for putting them in front of the right people. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, that you know Matt you, you say you know I should have I should have said something like that kid did but the reality of it is the um the stigma that's out there today is if you are addicted to something you're weak mm. you're a loser there's no hope for you there's no chance for you um you are you're you're better off dead is is what the stigma is yeah. today and and we tell people all the time When they come to us and they're like, "Why are you?" We do Narcan classes um, at the coalition, and they're like, "Why?" You're just enabling people, and and we always say, "You can't get a dead person into recovery. You can't." (laughs) But I can get someone who's alive into recovery, and if it takes the Narcan to keep them alive so that someday they they realize they're at rock bottom and they need recovery, then that's what we're gonna do. Um, And you know, there's there's just too much. There's just I'll just say it. there's just too much division and there's too much negative today. And if there was more positive and more, listen, um, I love you because you're a person, you're a human being, you're a human being. And that's why I love you. Not because you're, you go to the same school, not because you live in the same town, not because you look the same as me, but you're a human being. And if we can, if we can get past all this other stuff and say life is precious life is precious, then um, then we would take it more seriously and more people would be willing to speak up and say, I need help.
1: I, <laughs> you said that perfectly. I totally agree with everything you said. And really, Nate, that's part of why, a big reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I was running my mouth for 40 episodes by myself, but I wanna, I wanna make positivity, positivity louder. I wanna make it really yeah. loud. And I think yeah. stories like yours help with that so kudos to you guys for for pushing the positive message out there and i think you're you're clearly impacting so 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 many kids and let me ask so is there what's next with the anti-drug coalition is there something clearly we're in the middle of this difficult time that's going on do you have is there a plan currently or are you planning for when assemblies start again or what's on the horizon
2: we uh we always so one of, one of my favorite stories in, in the Bible, Matt, is the, um, the farmer in the drought who plans for the rain. So he continues to plant his field, continues to plant his field, because he knows the rain will eventually come. It's coming. Um, and he just has hope for that, right? So that's, that's us in COVID-19. So we um, – who are you getting a phone call? No, we're good. Um, we're <laughs> <laughs> um that, that is – that's kind of the coalition at this point. We're planning. And, and we're expecting to move forward and, and now we're going to have to make adjustments. So P3 club, we're working on getting in contact with, um, with the, uh, with the school counselors and, um, and saying, you know, do we do this via zoom? Do we do this via Google classroom? Mm. We still need, we still need to do P3 club. We just need to adjust it a little bit and, and we'll make it fun and exciting for the kids so that they'll want to log on. They'll want to be a part of it. Um so we're still planning we're planning for Red Ribbon Week um which was what you were a part of and what you were going to be a part of again um this year but um but covid has um has kind of slowed those things down and and just like with everything else when uh when you you hit that wall you just have to realize it's only so high i can get over this so um so we're we're looking at different things for Red Ribbon Week as well. There's lots of planning taking place. We have all the way through August planned already. Um, it's, it's already planned out. And we've, we've already done some things um, in the community now during all this. Uh, next Wednesday, uh, we've got um, Drug Awareness Day at our community pool. Uh, the, the pool is open to so many people at a time. Um, and then it, it has to go through a cleaning process. And those, those people leave. It goes through the cleaning process. More people can come in, you know. And but what we do while they're there is we we teach the kids about um, illicit drugs. We teach them about the dangers of tobacco, vaping, alcohol, prescription medications, some um, abusing prescription medications, locking up medications, not sharing medications, disposing. We teach them all of that uh, in these moments. So we we still, even with all of this happening, we still have a lot going on and a lot of planning happening because we're expecting the rain to come. And we're not just we're not just sitting here hoping that someday in the future it might. And we're not going to prepare for it. Um, we need to sow seeds now, and so um, so that's what we're that's what we're doing.
1: I, I seriously love that. And I when you're when you're talking about pivoting and making changes and doing virtual stuff, if you need to, I can't help but think. Tell me if I'm wrong, but you've told your story and you've clearly done certain things got punched in the face, had to completely change, Sears happened, you lose that job, you start your own business, that didn't work out. And it just seems like, to me, those failures, if you wanna call them that, happen for a reason and you're learning and growing. And now it's like, oh, COVID happened, well, I'm not gonna lay down and quit. You know what adversity's like and you can pivot and make a change. Do you think those past setbacks have helped you deal with the current situation?
2: 100 percent. Um, if you don't learn from your mistakes, um, then I, I don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you can adjust in the future. I don't know how you, um, how you mature. Um, that, that's a part of maturity is is learning from your mistakes. And um, it, my dad always said it's it's only failure if you don't learn from them. Mm. It's not failure if you learn from them. Um, and so, then it becomes, if you're learning from them, it becomes an educational opportunity. So, um, one of the things Matt is, is you know, uh, we've learned from all of that. And I, I remember, um, I remember living in this house with four kids. We had no electricity, no water, no way to flush the toilet, and and you're thinking, what do we take from this? What do we learn from this? And and so a lot of the we were talking earlier, a lot of those tools of no waste come into play now as, as a farmer, there's, you reduce your waste as as a farmer. So, um, so learning through all of those um, has, has really put us in this position to, we want to start, we want to start a business uh, in the next year, uh, next year to two years. But what we've learned from all of this in the past is uh, we have to have a plan and it has to be a detailed plan. And so whenever, and and just that lesson in general, you can take anything else. If you want to set a goal, you need a plan. If you want to create an event, you need a plan. And so planning is so important. Planning is so important um, that without it, you're just, you're just lost. You know, you're just like floating out in, in the ocean and hoping a boat comes by, you know, and, and, that's, and that's like when I started that business way back in the day, it was like, I'm out here in this ocean and I just hope a customer comes by, you know, you don't have, you don't, you don't have a plan. Yeah. So, um, planning is, is super important. That's, that's the biggest takeaway that I've had from every adversity, but adversity makes you stronger. You have two options with adversity. Um, you can stay stuck in it. Uh, You can stay there um, or you can say um, this isn't as bad as the last thing uh, or this is going to teach me something else or I've already been through something just as tough. Uh, And so as you go in, you know, if you ever wonder, like, how do people find peace um, in their life? Someone who's been through a ton of adversity, who's faced with it, can look at it and go, that's not that bad. I've been through worse. And so, and even if it's not, even if, even if it's not worse, you still know that you've been through some pretty bad stuff and you can get through this too. So Mm -hmm.
1: I I think that's great. And I mean, you, you mentioned you have four kids and I just hope that when they hear you speak about failure and stuff like that, it encourages them that, Hey, if they screw up 38 times, get up the 39th time and try something else. But I, I think you've proven that through your life and it's, it's inspiring, my friend. I love hearing the story. And I, and I also need to mention, I think, it's, I think it's Warren Buffett has a quote that says, I'll take an idiot with a plan over a smart person without a plan, something like that. And you reminded me of yeah. that. Like, you're like yeah. if you're a smart person with a plan, now you really got something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's so important in, in sales um, to, to fact find. Because if you fact find, you can make a plan, to sell your customer, you know what do you, what are you looking for? What why do you like that product? What problem are you trying to solve with that product? When you can figure that out, you can you can put them on the product that they might not necessarily know that they need. Yeah. Um, and so, planning is is the most important thing. Um, that now I will tell you this. When it comes to home life, the wife is the planner. I'm like, let's go. And she's like, hang on a second. Everybody calm down. Well, you know what? (laughs) We got to make a plan. I got
1: to go there because I, so I said it in the bio, which is you're working at the anti-drug coalition. You are a pastor at Lakeview Baptist Church. You're a husband and you're a father of four kids, amazing kids. And you live and you basically are running a farm. How, like, either you can tell us a story about all that, or I'm, in my head, it's like, okay, I have a wife right now, and that's it, and a job, and that's all I need to worry about. You have so many moving parts going on. How do you balance it, and are you just somebody that needs to have all these different things going on to help keep you going and energized?
2: It's a, it's a mixture of things. It's, it's routine. Um, it's calendars. Uh, it's I I have I have three people in my life that um, that I have told I need reminders, and so please remind me. And and you can never remind me enough. So uh, that's my wife, that's Gina at the Coalition, and that's Ashley uh, at the Coalition. And when you know your weaknesses, they become your strengths because. I know my, I know my weakness is I don't tend to write things down. And so if I don't put it on the calendar, I need somebody to remind me from their calendar. I I need that. And, and I'm not, I'm not making an excuse. I'm, I'm guilty. It's, I didn't write it down. It's my fault. It's my problem. But if you can back me up on this and and that's really what uh, that's what friendship and, and um, a, a symmetrical working environment looks like is you, you, um, you help, other people's weaknesses, so whatever they're weak at, you help them with that. And so, um, so Jean and Ashley and, and my wife all help me with, this is where you have to be. This is what you have to do this. You know, they help me with that. And, um, and then, so there's routine um, there's calendar and then there's the three people, um, that, and, and I need to be busy. I need to be busy because, um, if I'm not busy, I get lost. Uh, I get lost in, in my own head. <laughs> um, if I'm not busy. And so in my own, in, in my own head, Matt, can be uh, discouraging, you know, it can be, um, it can really bring me down sometimes to, oh, well, I'm not busy. So, you know, I, I guess I didn't do something right. Or I guess, you know, not as many people need me as I, as I thought needed me, yeah. you know, and, and that's not even why I do any of it. Um, I just do it to help. I just do it to make a difference, I don't do. It, the other day, we were talking about a, a program um, that we could do at church, and uh, and somebody said, "Well, what happens if uh, what happens if you leave the church, or what happens if you're not pastor there anymore? Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna have any oversight over that, and and uh, ten years down the road, no one's gonna know that you were even a part of it." And the man says, "I don't care. <laughs> that's not that's not what it's it's for the now. Like, let's do. <laughs> why are we?" why are we holding off? Because you're worried about my, um, I don't know, my reputation or something. I'm not concerned. <laughs> I just wanted to do these things to help. And so, um, but in, going back to your original question, it's, it's a, a mixture of things. I've got to be busy. Um, it's routine, 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 uh, you know, uh, with the animals, they've got to be on a routine with the kids. They've got to be on a, on a routine and I will tell you COVID, has destroyed that routine of them, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I we, hope we adjust. Do you, do you, I hope just because I know,
1: and you're so humble, but I know how much you're doing down there for the County, for your family, etc. Can you, in your busyness, busyness take 10 seconds here, 15 seconds there, stand back and just go, wow, this is, you know, not, Pat yourself on the back, but kind of pat yourself on the back and say, I'm so happy that I'm able to be a part of this and lead whatever the, the situation may be.
2: When I, when I look at, and not necessarily like taking a step back and, and looking at, you know, even being in an assembly, because when you're in an assembly, you're in the moment. Everything's happening around you. And so you don't get that chance to, to step back. But what I do, Matt, is, is I, I look at um, where I'm at now compared to where I was at five years ago. And it's so different. It's so astronomically different. Um, that when, when I, when I do get into my own head and get into my own thoughts, that's how you get out of it. As you go, wait a second, five years ago, man, you didn't know anybody. Nobody knew you. You were just some guy working a job. And now, you know, county commissioners, you've met the governor of Tennessee, you've met, um, you've met um, um, the, the mayor of Knoxville, who, by the way, was a professional wrestler named Kane.
1: Oh, that's Kane. Um, I know
2: Kane. I mean, I'm yeah. but I know of him. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. So, met him, met authors. I mean, you, you get to, to meet all these people and know all these people. Um, and, and, and even, even here, Matt thinking five years ago, would I be doing an interview about inspiration and, and all that? Never, never would have thought it. But when, when I look back at it, uh, when I can look back at five years ago and say, wow, that is, it's a different life. It's a completely different life. Um, it's, it's crazy. I'll tell you one of the things the coalition, uh, one of the things that that the coalition did for me and my family was we had as a family with kids, we had never bought our own Thanksgiving dinner. It was always a church that provided it to us. The second year at the coalition um, through networking and through hustling and through all this other stuff, we were able to buy our very first Thanksgiving dinner as a family. And when you can look at that, and look back and say, all that was to get to here, it was worth it, it was worth it.
1: That's special, I I didn't know that story at all, that's a really special story. And I like how you, with short, I guess you call it gratitude, looking back on five years and thinking where you were, and also you could probably do the opposite, which is look ahead five years and say, who do I want to become over the next five years, and then figure out what steps you need to take like you alluded to before where do you want to be next year then make a plan and then attack i mean that's yeah simple formula that clearly is working
2: yeah and and even with like even with the farm matt like we we got all these animals and then we had to go okay hang on a sec wait a sec we we had the plans for the chickens like we knew what we wanted to do with the chickens and that was eggs nobody worry we're not going to Uh, we're not going to be cooking any chickens that was just eggs and um but we didn't have a plan for everything else we didn't have a plan for um for the sheep we didn't have a plan for the goat we didn't have a plan for the pig we didn't have any plans for any of that um and so we had to we had to go okay hang on a second let's take a step back um let's look at the value And let's look at the possibilities of what these animals can do. And then let's make a plan from there Um, because what they can provide us and and we are not a, we're not a kill farm. We're not raising anything for food or or any, it's, you know, except for the eggs. Um, But you know, even with the rabbits, you know, it was like, okay, hang on a second. Their poop is valuable. Right. So, um, yeah, so rab- rabbits are a, they ha- they are a cold manure. Um, <laughs> and you can take that manure and put it right into your garden. You can put it into your compost pile if you want to. Uh, and it, it'll help break down the dirt and break down the soil and provide it nutrients. And people pay for that manure. Um, <laughs> they they want that, that cold manure. And, and I say all the time, it's better than miracle growth. Because <laughs> you can take it, I can go I can go out to the rabbit cage, take it, throw it into the, into the garden right now and, and throw some water on it. So it soaks down into the soil. And you'll see by tomorrow, you'll see these plants that are like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love you. You know? So it's, it's great. It's a, it's a, but you wouldn't think when you get rabbits, you know, you wouldn't think, Oh, I'll take the, the poop and, and harvest the poop. You don't think that.
1: <laughs> I bet nobody listening or watching this knew that. And if you did, Send me a message because I'd love to hear whoever that is. That, that's pretty k- impressive.
2: K- kudos to you. And if you don't know it, I bet you Google it right. I, yes.
1: <laughs> as soon as you told me with it last week, I go. I first thing I did, I was googling it. I, you know what? I have to come up with a name for each of these interviews. This one may be like Nate Ray Rabbit Poop. Maybe that'll be the, <laughs> the that'll be that'll be what brings everybody
2: in. Oh, I got I got to hear about that uh, Rabbit Poop. Uh, a hair too much poop. How about that? Oh. <laughs>
1: There's no way you just came up with that. You had to, you're doing material. <laughs>
2: I've I've learned. I have I've learned about marketing in my life, Matt. I've learned. Through all the failures. That's a good all, one. Yeah. that
1: is through all the failures. That's right. They've all come
2: to this. It's a all hair, come. To, <laughs> a hair, 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 hair uh what did I just say? I, I don't know. I'm going to play it
1: back. Yeah, I heard too, hear
2: too much, much poop. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Well, that's there's no better way to end the interview than that right there. No, <laughs> no, not at all. So here's what we've got to do. I'm respecting your time. We're going to get out of here in a second. At the end of the interview, here's what I do. I ask what I call the power five. So these are five quick questions. If you can answer in like okay. a sentence or two, that'd be awesome because I know it's not easy to do that. So okay. I'm going to throw these at you and we'll see what you say. How? Okay does Nate
2: want to be remembered as the helper?
1: Oh, that's good. That's, that might be the most concise answer. That's beautiful. That's all you need to say. I think you already knew that. It's like you,
2: that's, that's your that's deep down purpose. Yeah. I, it's, it's interesting because, um, I don't know. I see that quote by, I think it's Mr. Rogers who said, you know, in the time of crisis, I always, my mom would always say, look for the helpers, you know, look for the helpers. That's, it's, ex- it's exhausting to be a helper. It is, but there's nothing better. There's nothing better for someone to call you and say, I need help. Um, can you help me? And, and for you to either be that resource or be that direct source of help. So yeah
1: that's awesome that's well said and i agree from knowing you for over a year now you are a helper for sure and also mr rogers is from pittsburgh so thank you for tipping your cap to our amazing city up here
2: oh man i thought i liked everything about that guy
1: (laughs) yes you walked into that one i'm so glad you said that all right what are you what are you most thankful for it could be anything could be something in uh, as a pastor with your family business, whatever most thankful for,
2: um, my mom. Yeah. And, and, you know, my, my dad always rolls his eyes when I, when I say that, but, um, my mom, my mom raised us. My dad was in the, in the military and was, was got great dad. You know, you want to, you want a dad that'll do anything for you. It's my dad. Um, but my mom raised us to be giving, uh, my mom raised us to be servant, um, minded. And, uh, and to this day, uh, she, you know, someone will come and, and mow her yard. And, and sh- you know, uh, she always told us, if you're going to give something to somebody, go to your cupboard and find what you like the best. What's your favorite thing in your cupboard and give it away. And and she still does that to this. She she loves uh, hostess cupcakes. <laughs> but whenever somebody comes in and works for her, she'll take those cupcakes and give them away because she knows that maybe they might not get them on a regular basis. Um, or it's just the fact that that's her favorite thing. And if she can give away her favorite thing, then that means material things don't mean anything to her. And so uh, I would say it's, it's my mom. Yeah.
1: That's a great story with what do you like the most and give it away. That is powerful. That's a yeah. good book. You have me thinking of, I'm going to start thinking of stuff. Of course I don't know if anyone wants like our uh, organic vegan pasta, but I could give it a shot. I could definitely give it a shot. <laughs> All right. It's my favorite question. This is always my favorite question. If right. I see Nate Ray at a wedding reception and he's dancing, what is his go to dance move?
2: It it would it would be the running man. It would be the running man. <laughs> yes. Yep.
1: I bet you rocked the running man. I bet you rocked the running man
2: pretty good. I, I, you know, I used to rock it before I had back surgery. That's one thing I didn't, I didn't even say.
1: Didn't get into uh,
2: was no, back in the day, I, I had a back injury and ended up in a wheelchair. Uh, and so you see, as like life, you know, you think, oh, life's trying to put me down. Heck, no, man, it, you still got wheels to roll around in. You can keep going. Um, but anyway, so, wow. um, so the, so the running man, the running man is, uh, is my go-to move and, and I can even reverse it around to, to face the other way. Uh, yeah, I'll, oh. I'll show you, I'll yes. show you next time. Next I, time you're here, I'll show you.
1: What yeah. if we can like dance,
2: dance off? Dance.
1: Yeah. Or do we have a dance? Yeah. off?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> we can both, we can both videotape ourselves doing the running man and, and send it out there in social media. <laughs> and see, see who does it better. Who wore it best. Who wore it best. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next question, you kind of already answered, but I mean, if you have a different answer, what's the biggest setback you overcame? And you just threw in another one that we didn't even get into, but what's the biggest setback you had to overcome? Myself. Ooh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Myself. Um, again, going all those years of not believing in myself, that's a huge setback mm-hmm. um, of, of looking at things and going, I can't do that and turning that into... I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to give everything I have to learn. Um, and I'm definitely going to try. Yeah. Um, but, but the biggest setback, uh, was myself. And, and there are times, and I've, I've told this in P3 clubs, um, there are times that I've got to get out of this mindset in my adult life to go, man, Nate, that was stupid. I, I, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you did mess up. Maybe you didn't do it the right first time. doesn't mean it was stupid just because you don't know how to do something doesn't mean you're stupid. Um, but trying to do it means you're smarter than the guy who's not even trying. So, okay. um, so yeah. yeah I
1: think, I mean, there's so much in there, but I think that's so good because, you're, you, you're not blaming other people. You're putting it on yourself. And if you're, yeah. if you're blaming other people, then they have all the power. If you're blaming yourself, you have full power to change the whole thing. So I think that's huge. Yeah. I'm yeah. Glad you that's right. Yourself.
2: Yeah. There's a difference in he won't let me get up and speak compared to, I'm going to find a way to get up and speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love
1: that. oh, that's so good. Okay. Last one. Who
2: all is right. your hero? Oh man, Matt could be that's somebody, a tough one.
1: It could be. I mean, it could be somebody you know very well. It could be somebody you just look up to. It could be somebody random.
2: I I would have to say uh, my grandpa. Mm. Um, and and this is everybody in my family would be like, what? Well, <laughs> why, why would I? I didn't really know my grandpa on my mom's side. We. we uh, like I said, my dad was in the military, and so we never really lived around them. Um, but what I know about my grandpa is that uh, he was uh, a newspaper article had come out about him, um, maybe in his seventies, early seventies, uh, and it said Sylvester Guerrero, uh, the Godfather to the migrant workers. So my grandfather was a, a migrant worker when he um, when he came to America and worked his way up into working in a plant and um, getting off of the, off of the farm and um, having a a nice house for his family. And so he worked really hard to get there. Um, And he never, he never said, this isn't fair. He never said, this isn't right. He just said, if I want out of this, I've got to work out of this. Uh, And that's, that's what he did. And, And he instilled that work ethic in his kids um, they've instilled it in us. Uh, and, and I think that's why my story is the way that it is. Because if, if I wanted a way out of it, I had to work my way out of it. Um, but one of the things we, we lived in, in Minnesota for a year with him while well, my dad was in Iceland and had baseball practice. And he said, I'll pick you up from baseball practice. You know? And I was like, great, grandpa's going to pick me up. All the other kids left. No grandpa. So I walk home. And I walk home, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm mad as can be. Right? I'm getting more mad on the way home. I'm getting more upset, and I'm like, I'm going to tell Grandpa off. And I walk in, and I said, Grandpa, you forgot me at practice. And he goes, yeah? And he goes, did everybody else get a ride home? And I go, yeah, everybody else got a ride home. And he goes, well, now you've worked harder than them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and you know what, I wanted to be mad at that for so long. And, And I was, I was, I was like, you jerk, you know, but, but as, as an adult, what that lesson taught me and what my grandfather's life has taught me is that if you want to outwork and outperform everybody else, then you have to be willing to put in the most. You have to be there when everybody else is gone. You have to walk home when everybody else is driving. I mean, that's if if that's what if that's what your goal is. You want to outperform everybody, then you need to be the first one there and the last one to leave.
1: Oh, that's so good. Yep. That is that was a perfect story to end this thing on. I can't tell you how much I appreciate yes. you being on. Yeah, you did it. You can go relax now. You're done. You're Woo. off hot seat. <laughs> All right. No, you're not off yet. Last thing. Okay. If somebody's listening to this, they want to connect. They want to see what you're doing down there in Roan County. What do they do? How do they find you? Social media? What's the best way?
2: Yeah, uh, Facebook, Roan County Anti-Drug Coalition. uh, Instagram, at R-C-A-D-C-1. And we have a Twitter, but we don't use it. And uh, that's because (laughs) I don't know... How to tweet. So um well
1: we'll get it but on that's... Instagram. We'll link that. I'll link that up in the show notes and everything so people can check it out because you're you're doing amazing things in that county. And Thank I you. can't wait to see what happens next year, five years, ten years, because it's just awesome. And I appreciate you.
2: Well, I, I appreciate you and, and your friendship. And I'm uh I'm so thankful um that through every adversity, uh this friendship was was born out of that and and molded out of that and so um so I'm even thankful for that you know but Thank you I'm thankful for you and and the work that you do um I, I I hope that you share your Photoshop of being I you are the true Iron Man you are I mean you're you're, you're oh
1: yeah you're in, <laughs> you're in good
2: you're in good you're in good physical health you're in good physical shape you are the true Iron Man but there is there may be a Photoshop of you out there as the actual Iron Man so. Um, but anyways, uh, what you, what you do is inspiring Matt. um, you, uh, the life that you live, the story that you tell, um, your, um, your energy, uh, that inspires the heck out of me. Um, but also, you know, I, I don't know your wife well, I I know a little bit of her story. Um, but man, you two fit together like, like peas and carrots, just like Jenny and Forrest. Um, (laughs) you guys you guys do so well together and and when you can have a marriage like that that's inspirational and 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 molded so well together uh that inspires other marriages uh so you guys are doing a a great thing
1: well i appreciate that that is nice of you to say she definitely wants to meet you because i talk about you often you're (laughs) you're the rabbit poop guy and she wants to meet you and just for anybody on youtube there you go there's the uh (laughs) There's what Nate sent me. I'm Iron Man now. <laughs> I have to post that on social media. You crack me up, and I love. Honestly, one of my favorite things about you is all the great stuff that you're doing. And I know it's serious work. You can still smile and have fun because if you weren't, I'm sure it would just be overwhelming. So thank you for being you. Thanks for being on, and I'm sure we will chat very soon, my good friend Nate.
2: Awesome. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks,
1: bye.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Livin' the Dream with Matt Scaletti. I'm so grateful for you. Please share this podcast on your social media so others can benefit from this valuable content. Also, please subscribe to my podcast because if you aren't,